to you. Welcome in. Bill Michael Show on this Monday, a sunny Monday. Good to have you on board. I'm Bill Michaels, Ben Kenny, producing the program. You want to get a hold of us? It is easy. The phone number, 877-867-1670, You can find us uh, at the phone number. You can also track us down via Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels, at Bill underscore Michaels, uh, or at Ben Z. Kenny. If you want to touch uh, base with Ben, you can find us over on the Facebook fan page. You can find us at The Bill Michaels Show on Facebook, Bill Michaels Show on YouTube, Twitch TV, so many different places. Ben, did you have a good weekend? I had a great weekend, Bill. Very restful. Watched a lot of football, both college and professional. I had fun. Not a lot of angst over the weekend. We didn't have that nail-biting Packers, you know what I mean? We didn't, you didn't have that anxiety. Oh. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, you didn't watch the Badgers on Saturday then. I did watch the Badgers on Saturday. I was I started out watching the Badgers on Saturday and thought, oh, my God, this is terrible. And then I flipped it back on just as they were because I've been out running errands and uh, I flipped it back on. And boy, uh, to watch the end of that game, what an exciting finish and to be bowl eligible to get the win. Now, granted, okay, it wasn't a pretty win. It wasn't a dominating performance by any stretch of the imagination, but it's a win. You take it. You take it and you move on. And, you know, good for Jim Leonard, good for the program, good for the, the, the to watch the guys celebrate. Uh, I was glad about that. It was good. It was a good win. I liked it. I liked at least the moxie to come back and be down and just to look bad early on and then the second half of the game at least to come back and win it. So I was happy about that. Uh, didn't I, I was watching uh, football yesterday and didn't get a chance to see some of the games that I really wanted to. Uh, but that game between the Cowboys and the Vikings, for the Vikings fans that were pontificating and pounding their chest, and, and oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was an ass-whooping beyond expectation. Never saw that coming. I thought, now, I, I will say this. I thought coming out of that Buffalo game, I thought, you know, you know, they're feeling it now, and, and the Cowboys are, aren't feeling it. And I thought the Cowboys are going to come in really fired up with something to prove. And, uh, boy, uh, did they. Holy mackerel. Tony Pollard yesterday, 80 yards. Zeke Elliott, 42 yards. Dak Prescott was running for first downs yesterday, although uh, Dak Prescott, he, which, by the way, he had a fantastic day. Uh, quarterback rating right around 140, a couple of touchdown passes. Kirk Cousins looked bad. Oof. 12 of 23, 105 yards. That was it quarterback no touchdowns no no picks they couldn't do anything dalvin cook he had uh, dalvin cook 11 carries, 72 yards averaged over six yards per carry but for the most part i thought getting hawkinson having justin jefferson you know adam thielen they got all those weapons now three viable wide receivers kj osborne i thought boy this is that team's just ready to fly and they just got shut down i haven't seen the uh, cowboys defense play that well all season long didn't see him play all season long. Could not imagine so. uh, letting the Cowboys defense do that to your team. Yeah, I know, you know? right? Holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. So, anyway, um, but, yeah, that was uh, that was good. So, yeah, so <clears throat> watched the Badgers game, watched uh, some NFL yesterday, watched a little basketball, took a little time, just kind of hung, hung out with friends. Last night they did a big Friendsgiving uh, we ended up going to. Thank God we left early. Holy mackerel. Otherwise, I would not have been on the air today. It was getting wild there towards the end. Uh, but did that, so good weekend. 
Good weekend overall. You got the World Cup that started. Has there been any? Um, we got. I got a, a couple of people that we can go to, but we we should probably talk. I know bars are open today, as the World Cup is is underway. Uh, I've got a couple of friends who have bars that are open. They opened early for anybody that wanted to go in and watch the World Cup. Are you into the World Cup, Ben? Not really, honestly. It, it it's not doing much for me. I think it's the time of year, like it's rivalry weekend in college football. The NFL is in a really entertaining point of the season. College yeah. basketball starting. I just I, I don't have space in my brain. I don't think to get into it. Yeah, you've got, uh, and you're right about rivalry weekend coming up. I mean, obviously the biggest one is Ohio State Michigan, and it's uh, it's big because both teams undefeated, both teams um, trying to vie for the top spot in the Big Ten, both teams in the top four. I mean, um, it's just a big weekend. You got obviously the Iron Bowl that's going to be taking place doesn't have nearly the amount of meaning that it's going to have. Um, it doesn't have nearly the amount of meaning that it normally would have because it, it just it really, you know, obviously with Alabama already having two losses on the season, it doesn't mean nearly as much. Uh, it's not like Auburn's near a top spot or anything like that. But the Iron Bowl is going to take place. But I, everybody, everybody. Everybody's eyes, for the most part, are on Ohio State, Michigan. Ohio State number two, Michigan number three. Um, so that's the big rivalry game this weekend. Uh, obviously, Paul Bunyan's axe, and uh, you've got uh, Minnesota on the docket for Wisconsin, and you're hoping Wisconsin can get the wind and on a high note, which would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, and this one is played at Camp Randall coming up this weekend, and that's a two thirty start time, right, Ben? Yes, on ESPN. 2.30 start time. Yeah, 2.30 start time on ESPN. Well, I'm just more 2.30 for those that are going. But uh, but that's a good one. So you got good games this weekend. Um, I did not. I got I to gotta say this. I Did you watch the post-game presser uh, with... Uh, with uh, Illinois taking Michigan down to the down to the wire. First of all, Harbaugh, you know, it's like hard. Did you watch that on the field interview? Yeah, with Harbaugh after the game. Was that not kind of a did did, did you not want to just kind of like punch him after he ended up? I I get it because he wanted his kicker to get a moment in the sun, but it was his way of getting out of doing an interview. Didn't you feel that? I don't know. He's Harbaugh. Kind of comes with the territory. I feel that way about a lot of coaches. And, uh, frankly, I just like that they exist because I'd rather feel that than feel nothing at all, you know? Right. Uh, I just uh, – it seemed like he didn't want to do an interview, so he's like, oh, this guy, oh, talk to that guy. And then he just – ah, and he just like – he's like yelling, and he walks away. It just seemed like he just didn't want to do the interview and just handed it off. And, yeah, yeah, he gave his kicker a, a little bit of a sunshine there. So good for them, but I, if I'm Harbaugh, I'm I'm elated that we kept our undefeated record. But then again, I mean, you know, you had to go toe to toe at home, at home, with Bradley Bielema and the uh, Fighting Illini. Uh, give Illinois credit; they're seven and four in the season, man. I didn't think they'd turn that thing around this quick, but he has. But my God, he's gotten huge. Bielema has. I mean, huge. I mean, he was always a hefty guy, but, man, he's gotten big. But uh, his team uh, fell by two to Michigan. Ohio State doesn't have much to write home about. I'll tell you that. That Maryland went toe-to-toe with them. Tonga Bailoa, I mean, hell of a quarterback. To, what is it? Talia is his name? Talia yes. Tonga Bailoa. Uh, obviously, his older brother's Tua, plays for the Dolphins. But, uh, man, hell of a day 
Ooh, hell of a day. 26 of 36, 239 yards through a couple of touchdowns. And uh, at the end, I mean, it ended up 43-30, but it was it was a lot closer than that. I mean, that, that game was, was, if I'm Ohio State, I was sweating towards the end of that ball game because the Ohio State's defense, their offense sucked first half, and their defense didn't play very well at all for the most part. So they got, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a, uh, I think both teams can score, and just because this one's at the shoe, I would probably give the nod to Ohio State. I think they're the better team, but, boy, they better bring it. That offense better look a hell of a – it was like they just rolled the helmets out. Like they, All they were thinking about was, was Michigan. That's all they were thinking about was just, well, we're going to go out, we're going to win this game. Then we got well, – it's on to Michigan because that's all everybody was talking about all week. Podcasts on both Ohio State and Michigan uh, podcast sites – uh, for all the people that cover those teams, that's all they've been talking about. They didn't talk about Illinois. They didn't talk about uh, Maryland. Both places, all they were talking about was the upcoming uh, matchup between Ohio State and Michigan. That's all they've been talking about. So this one much anticipated. Uh, I will say this, and we know um, I think the, the big noon kickoff is going to be at Ohio Stadium. We would never have both game day and big noon kickoff at the same place, right? They do it sometimes, yeah, and sometimes I believe they, they. Okay. Well, they have. The, it is the big noon game, and game day did say they will be there as well. And game day is going to be there too. Okay, I wasn't sure. And somebody uh, yesterday, we went to the, like I mentioned, we went to this friend's giving, and they said, "Hey, uh, I know big noon kickoff's going to be there, but is is game day going to be there? They should, they should be." And I'm like, I, I don't, I didn't know. I wasn't quite sure if they were or not. But anyway. I digress because isn't it a shame that that game is an 11 a.m. kickoff? Seriously? That, that just feels like that should be a, a 7 o'clock game. Do you want my honest Prime? opinion on the matter? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I think it's the best time slot in college football. Why is that? At big noon kickoff, Gus Johnson, Joel Klatt. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think it's perfectly done. I'm a big fan of 11 a.m. kickoffs. Uh, just getting it done and started right in the morning. I think the energy is terrific, uh, and I think it leads into the day quite well. Um, I can't disagree with that. Uh, I just feel like it should, it, just because of the magnitude of that particular game, I feel like it should be a, a primetime game. I'll say this, the Gus Johnson thing, the over-the-top, I, I, it's run its course with me. I know people love Gus Johnson. I don't. Uh, the over-the-top, just the lips firmly attached to the Ohio State rectum, uh, just the the world-famous, and uh, you just uh, stop, stop. It, it's just I, I can't stand the over-the-top stuff. Uh, I appreciate the way he calls a game because excitement on both sides, and that goes back to even like last year when they called that game. As a matter of fact, uh, Kristen and I were in Boston last year. Uh, we were at the uh, the bar right behind Fenway, Um the cask and flagon or whatever it is. I can't remember what the name of the bar is, but we were there watching the game last year and he was like over the top in the way of, in the favor of Michigan as Michigan just played an incredibly good game last year at the big house and beat Ohio state. Uh, but it just, the over the top stuff for, I, I, I've just kind of like, okay, it's run its course. Uh, I don't know if I'm in a minority here, but uh, just uh, Gus Johnson. It's just God, God, just stop. Uh, am I, are you in that, uh, camp or not, Ben? No, I am a big no? Gus Johnson okay. guy. I love the energy. Gotcha. I, I think it works perfectly for college football. 
Like when he goes to the NFL, it's a little different. But when you're talking about like the chaos of college football and just the weird quirkiness of it, I think he fits it quite well. It's just every play is like the biggest play ever. Yeah. And really a lot of them aren't. The majority of them aren't. It's it's there's a few plays within a game that are big plays and beyond that it's like, you know, no. Just stop with the overhype. Just call the game, let the game you, put it this way, if the announcer has to add to the game, the game is not that good. The game itself I've always, always, always and whenever I've done and I did a little bit of baseball play by play and I did a little bit of football back uh, back in the day when I was in Ohio, um the game is the feature not the broadcaster. And I've always read that. And you just kind of let the game go. And the game will the game will meander down whatever river it meanders down. And then you add to it at that point. But you don't make the game. The game makes you. And that's kind of what I remember every time I hear Gus Johnson. is like, oh, my God, just stop. Uh, so, anyway, that's it. That's, uh, that's, my, that's my thoughts on that. But that big weekend coming up. Paul Bunyan's Axe, Ohio State, Michigan, Iron Bowl going on. A lot of rivalry games this weekend, so we got all that to look forward to. And then the Packers on Sunday night as they go into Philadelphia. Oh, and that's the other thing. Holy mackerel, I want to get into the NFL and the NFL roundup. We talked a little bit about the Cowboys and the Vikings, but oh, my goodness. A couple of games this weekend I had to scratch my head over. And now you, now you, the things are a little more topsy-turvy and some things that we were saying all along proved to be a little bit true this weekend so we'll talk about that when we come back uh this portion of the program brought to you by our good friends at bud light the official beer sponsor of the bill michael sports talk network uh our good friends at bud light want to remind you that we're going to be at the mecca sports bar and grill coming up on wednesday night it's the huddle and it's the huddle prior to thanksgiving so we're looking forward to that so come on down to the uh come on down to the mecca sports bar and grill in the deer district coming up on uh wednesday night it's all brought to you by our friends at bud light more of the bill michael show coming up after this This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It's a great feeling. I'm feeling 9 and 1 today. I'm feeling 9 and 1. No, that didn't work out. Not feeling 9 and 1 today. That was the Darius Smith prior to the game yesterday. Feeling 9 and 1 today. (laughs) Only in my mind. No, because, um, well, in all honesty, you took an ass whooping. (laughs) That was it, man. No! Yes! Yes! Took an ass whooping yesterday. Vikings fell. And, you know, I look, I got Vikings fans already giving me grief. Uh, That's fine. You you, Look, you only got two losses on the season. Kudos to you. I mean, you're having a hell of a year. I... You're gonna win the you're gonna win the North going away, and you absolutely celebrate that. But the whole I I was getting it. We were talking about it uh, as we were making our picks last week, and I was I was get I was hearing a little bit of it. Those that listen that are Vikings fans in the western portion of the state of Wisconsin, I don't know Claire, Rice Lake, Tomahawk, uh, up in the Wausau area, Marshfield area, even in the Lacrosse area, they about ten, fifteen, twenty of you maybe. Starting to give it to me because uh, I was thinking the Cowboys were going to come in and, and get a win. And uh, <laughs> nobody, nobody has said hello this morning. I'll tell you that right now. Nobody. How about them Cowboys? Uh, 877-867-1670. 
This is from Chris, who says, uh, I agree with you 100%. It seems like Ohio State-Michigan should be the game to watch in prime time. We should all be sitting back, relaxing, and hoping that the Ohio State Buckeyes go down ugly. Chris, that's just cold, man. Um, I And I know a lot of us uh, in this area, uh, a lot of you in this area, I mean, I, obviously I have an affinity to Ohio State, but uh, a lot of people here just don't care. You have one side or the other that you would root for. Um but I'll say this. Uh, on one hand, Ohio State is hated. We know that. Okay. On the other hand, I think people don't like Harbaugh just as much. Ben, if you had to pick one or the other, which one would you go with? Harbaugh, 100%. Can, can't stand oh, Harbaugh? I just, no, no. I can't stand Ryan Day. And frankly, oh, okay. I don't, he's a great recruiter. He builds a good staff. I, I don't think he's a good head coach. Um. I don't know how to – the success is is um, undeniable. And I agree with you about the recruiting aspect of things. Um, as far as being a good head coach, where would you pick them apart? I think many of the in-game management decisions are questionable. I, I think the play calling is very questionable at times given what his team strengths are and things like yeah. that. The team just isn't ready to play at times and coasts through a lot of the game and then finds wins because of how talented they are. But if you look at uh, so far his era after Urban Meyer, his best team was with Urban Meyer's players, and the best quarterback they've had was a, a transfer that Urban also brought in, I believe. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad, like, a bad coach is a wrong way to put it, but I think he's drastically overrated. Hmm. Who would be then the best coach in college football? Nick Saban. You think so? Kind of hands down. Yeah, I, I mean, he's been, uh, he's had the best program in college football for 15 years. Right. But they've all, again, you for all the reason. Now, I will say this, though. Nick Saban's teams have won, and they've won championships. So I can go with that. But is there another coach out there? Because I would hate to say it because I think he's such an SOB, but Brian Kelly's a hell of a coach. I mean, everywhere he goes, he just has success. So that's undeniable. He can recruit. Yeah, I think at times, uh, much for the same re- I think he can elevate programs. I don't think Brian Kelly has the capability to take a program to that next level and win a championship. Now, we'll find out in LSU because he's going to get a legitimate shot. But uh, I think you with, with Notre Dame, it's very prestigious, but you're always behind the eight ball because you're not in a conference. So you don't have that ability to win the conference, but you always get that nod to get there. But we see Brian Kelly numerous times make it a couple times anyway, make it to the final four, and just get his ass handed to him. Um, but I agree with you on Nick Saban in the sense that Nick Saban, yes, they get, yes, they get a ton of the recruits and a ton of the talent, but he's also one. So I would go with Nick Saban on that. But is there another coach besides Brian Kelly? Uh, that you would look at and go, okay, that's that guy's real. Kirby Smart. If also Dabo, if he learned how to Dabo, hire yeah. outside the building, because right. that's kind of falling apart because he just promotes from within. Right. Uh, it sucks to say, but Lincoln Riley is proving to be a guy that's up there. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think Ryan Day comes in a, a little bit after that. Like he, he's a fine coach, I think. I just. I, 
there are many things he does that are so questionable, and he would be punished for it if his team wasn't right. so drastically better talented than the other. Right. Yeah. Um, trying to think who else I would probably go with. I can't argue with any of that. I just I think that uh, a lot of coaches get criticized for the in-game stuff. And I don't know one coach that has not screwed it up in game stuff. And that that's that's that doesn't get criticized for that. I can't think of a coach, you know, I you, you look at a guy like and just you know, from my own experience, you look at a guy like Luke Fickle. Luke Fickle has taken Cincinnati's program, they were in the final four last year. And they're back into the top 25 again this year, a program that for forever was irrelevant. And he gets criticized to death down there for his in-game stuff. And I'm thinking, this guy took a program. Now, granted, Brian Kelly did a good job with that program. But this guy then has taken a program and put it consistently over the last few years into a prominent position, and people are killing this guy. So I'm thinking, well, what coach does not get criticized for in-game management and all their problematic issues when it comes to situational football? You know? It's, um, a, it's a hard comparison to bring up right. because in the NFL, everybody is on a similar playing field when it comes right. to rosters and such. And yeah. you could directly compare, you know, this guy with this team compared to that guy with that team. And how he manages it. Right. In college, it's so hard. Yeah. Um, I mean, you look at what Georgia's been capable of doing over the last few years, and Georgia has risen to prominence, and they were down for a little while, and then they came bouncing back. Tennessee's now on its way back. You know, Kentucky has been relevant, but they're only 3-5 and five in the conference this year, so down in the SEC. I mean, Kentucky was basically a, an irrelevant football program for a long period of time. Um, but it's 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 a fair question. Once you get past Nick Saban, who would be then the the second or third best coach in college football? But would Ryan Day be in that consideration? Considering that the Ohio State Buckeyes, are, people will always criticize the Buckeyes to say, "Well, the coach isn't that good, but they get great talent, so therefore they're always going to be there." Well, uh, you, you know, I, they John Cooper was an incredible recruiter after he took over. Uh, for, for Earl Bruce, he was an incredible recruiter there. The talent he brought through there, how they didn't win, win national titles, I have no idea. But the fact that he couldn't won, he couldn't even beat Michigan, couldn't get them consistently into the top five, and didn't come close to So they were getting good recruits. But John Cooper couldn't even beat Michigan on a, on a regular basis, which is the reason he lost his job. So they've always had the good recruits. They've always been good at recruiting. And, that, I mean, you know, Jim Trestle, the same thing, brought in a lot of recruits, and then he went on to win a national title, even though he did it in, you know, ways in which people criticize to this day. But Cooper got incredible talent, incredible talent, and came up short all the time, all the time. Whereas, you know, obviously Urban Meyer had incredible talent, won a championship. Ryan Day has had incredible talent and has always been there in the top four. So how much can you criticize him when coaches in the past had great talent but couldn't even beat Michigan and couldn't even win the Big Ten where he's had incredible talent, been consistently winning the Big Ten, always consistently in the top four. They just haven't been able to win the national title. You know what I mean? 
I think it's hard because the two times he made the playoff, he had mostly Urban Meyer's team. Yeah. Where when okay. Meyer brought all that talent in, I, I think this but year. But he was the recruiter for Meyer. That was the other thing. Between him and Luke Fickle, they were the two recruiters for Urban Meyer. Yeah, he was on the staff. Um, yeah. I, I think this year is important because they lost to Michigan last year. I think this yeah. is a very important weekend to have it not become normal for that result to happen and to show because, like, when they're forced into a, a phone booth game where they have to run the ball, like, they, mm-hmm. they struggle. It's only when yeah. they can get out and have a track meet that they win. Michigan will force them into one of those super tough games. Question but that's, is, but, can they know, win but in that, if that's But if that's the style they play, that's the style they play. That's what they're built for. That's like saying back in the day, well, if you got, you know, Wisconsin into a track meet game, Wisconsin wasn't going to win because that's not their game. They want to put you into a run, grind it out three yards, cloud of dust game. But that was the way they were built. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes the weather dictates it, though. Yeah. Like I'm thinking weeks well, ago where all they needed to do was run on Northwestern, but they kept inexplicably trying to throw the ball 60 yards and 50 yeah. mile an hour wins. Right. No, I agree with you there. 877-867-1670. Well, we're going to find out because obviously they've got that big rivalry game this weekend. Uh, here's the question. Could Ryan Day be successful at Wisconsin? Terry asked that question. That is a good question. I think he, I think he could, and only for the fact that, again, I go back to he was the, he him and Luke Fickle were the two recruiters for Urban Meyer. And he's been recruiting the Midwest. So if for, for whatever reason, Ryan Day is let go by Ohio State and ends up in Wisconsin, absolutely I think they could be successful. Now, you're still recruiting against Ohio State, so you're not ever going to consistently win that battle, but you can garner more maybe. I, I'm anxious to see once Jim Leonard has his staff set, and we all just assume that Jim Leonard's going to get the job, but once he gets his staff set, I am incredibly excited to see how this program over the next three to four years is going to develop. Because that's he's going to get at least two, if not three years, to get it all together, to get his arms around it, and say, here we go. So I'm really excited to see how this is all going to take place over the next two to three years, for sure. Three to four years, for that matter. Uh, 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. By the way... Wisconsin has officially posted the head coaching vacancy. Um, which, by the way, I like it. It's uh, the job listing, and they give you the listing job listing number uh, and the work type. On-site, staff, full-time, Madison, Wisconsin, athletic operations, the department, and it's, it's like we just need a head coach. Yeah, it's, uh, boy, you're talking about minimalistic, the requirements for that. So anyway, uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break, come back. Hey, uh, a team that is playing extremely well, that's the Milwaukee Admirals. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com for single game tickets, season tickets, promotional tickets for some of the concerts they have coming up. And if you want a good night out and you want to sit in the end zone down there, you can put a party together. Go down there and check it out. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Good to have you on board today. 
Welcome back. Bill Michael's show continues on. Uh, this time of year, still good. Still good, if you know what I'm talking about. And that is, uh, if you followed the the fact that I had the uh, the Pello big, great, big patio door put in my great room. And uh, it got pretty cold over the weekend, <clears throat> which um, we all know was single digits. And uh, ran down there on Saturday morning and on Sunday morning. And just because in the past, that room... When it would heat up, it just couldn't keep up. And it would always be like 66, 67 when I'd have it set at 70. It just couldn't always keep up because of that big patio, metal patio door that was down there. I had it replaced, put in a pellet door, and I am happy to say that I'm like a kid on Christmas morning every day. I, I know it's stupid, but I run down there and it's set at 70 degrees, and every day it's 70 degrees. And you don't feel that little flush of cooler air as you walk into that room. It's awesome. I, it just, it, I can't get over what a difference just adding that door has made. And uh, you can find it throughout your entire house or just a window that may be leaking some air. But get a hold of our friends at Pella Windows and Doors. No money down, no payments, no interest for two years right now at Pella. Go to PellaWI.com. That is Pella, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com. That is PellaWI.com. And uh, just give them a shout. It is. Uh, it truly is uh, awesome. It's been an awesome experience. really has. And, and what's really cool, and, and this is something else that's been neat, uh, I had one guy say, I didn't have the great experience that you talk about, Bill. And I said, here you go. Put him right, put him directly in touch with Gina Della from Pella. And within about three days, she had gotten back to him, already had an arranged group to go out and see what the problem was. And one of the things to remember, you can get Pella windows, which is great. But when you buy from PellaWI.com or the group at Pella Windows and Doors exclusively, rather than getting it done by some other aftermarket company, say you go into one of the big box stores and you buy it. And you still buy a Pella window, but it's not being installed by Pella installers. It's being installed by whoever it is that's on the docket that day. Just remember, go to PellaWI.com and they give you the custom installation. They give you the custom measurements they have it custom you know manufactured and assembled and installed they're the ones that warranty that work you know others sometimes don't even though it's a pella window it may not be put in by pella people who do this all the time so remember that keep that in the back of your mind but still gina took care of it for the guy that's the kind of service they give you so good stuff 877-867-1670-877-867-1670 going to talk a little bit about the the uh, the NFL this past weekend. Let's get to the phone calls, though. Mike listening to us in Rockford. Mike, what's going on today, man? How you doing? Oh, Bill, you know, I'm doing okay. Um, after that Packers loss Thursday, it was a little bit vindicated watching the Vikings get annihilated. I, I couldn't tell you how much I enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I got to tell you, Bill, it's it's a, we, we, we said this before, it's a really weird year. In the NFL, scores are strange. Uh, there's teams that are they're winning that they get they get beat by teams they shouldn't, and this has kind of been going on all year. But I'll tell you, this weekend was the top of them all. Who would have expected the Lions to go into East Rutherford, New Jersey, and beat the Giants in their own right? stadium? I mean, uh, it's just and then and then the Ravens could barely put away the um, Carolina Panthers, and then you have. Mm-hmm. The, the, uh, what was the other team that was? Uh, oh, we well, had the Eagles barely, the, barely beat the Eagles, Colts. That was it. Thank yeah. you, thank you. And which, which leads me to my. Uh, I got two more things I'm going to say, Bill. I'll make it quick because I may get a lot of people want to talk, and then I'll hang up and I'll listen to your rebuttal. Um, you know, I'll tell you, the Eagles. A couple weeks ago, I would have said the Packers are going to go in there and get annihilated. Okay. Now, mm-hmm. did the Packers make me feel any different after I saw their performance on Thursday? Not really. But that being said, I look at the Eagles team. I look at this team, and I say to myself, 
They lost last week. They barely beat this Colts team, which has got to be bottom of the barrel team. I know Jeff Saturday came in there, and it, it's a refreshing face, and I think he's a great guy, and he's you know, doing a good job coaching, it looks like, so far. But, uh, you know, I, I just I, – I, I think – Bill, am I, am I a little bit off of the planet here if I say that if the Packers were to win Sunday night – and we know they're going to go into Soldier Field and trounce. The Bears have absolutely zero defense. I watched that game right. yesterday, which is the next point I'm going to talk about because it's going to, you know, everyone in Chile is going to be happy. Then they go to the bye. They're going to be, then they would be, they would be what, six and seven. With mm-hmm. the mediocrity in these other teams, I just, I mean, is there a slight chance they can slide in? I mean, I'm looking, but you know, they need, I think they, you kind of almost wanted the Vikings to win because the Cowboys, they might be fighting for that last spot. And I know they won the Cowboys head to head, but when it gets down to it, it's, it's still looking like a long reach for the Packers to make it. Um, and the other thing I want to talk about is the Bears, because I watched, I live down here in enemy territory. Okay. I got, I watch right, these right. games. I listen to the radio stations and they're all talking for weeks. Oh, Luke Gutsy. Oh, he's bringing Justin Fields along. He's doing really good. And I'm laughing. I feel sorry for this kid actually, because I think he's a great athlete watching this kid play. What is Luke Gutsy thinking by this you have the 32nd ranked pass defense that they went up against yesterday. Okay, mm-hmm. the Bears are going against a 32nd 32nd pass ranked defense. They threw the ball a few times. He missed Mooney on a on a shot down the field, but you know what were they thinking? And then they got this kid running over, and he's hurt. He's getting up. He can barely get up. They're massaging his hamstrings on the sideline, and the ne- very next play, they put him out there, and he gets hit out of bounds. He gets he hurts his shoulder. And now, Bill, you know, this is where I'm getting at with this. It's the, the hybrid, the new hybrid quarterback seems to be the Josh Allen, the Patrick Mahomes, you know, the, the Justin Fields, and all these, these quarterbacks that are, that are, you know, running with their feet. But I think if you play smart, you pass the ball first, and then when you get in a situation where you see the opportunity to run, like Rodgers does, you run when you do run. But, but don't be a running back on the field and then throw with the second option. And I don't know what Luke Gutsy's thinking – because that kid's going to get killed. I mean, look what happened to Cam Newton. Uh, I just like you to comment on it. I don't right. really care. I'm not a bear. No, fan, I, 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 I agree. And, and great call. I appreciate the phone call. When you look at Justin Fields yesterday, ran for about 85 yards. I think he threw for you know 150 or something like that. Uh, he had the one pick that I saw. Uh, did have the touchdown. Had a touchdown run as well. I mean, he's basically their offense. But when you go back through history, okay. You look at quarterbacks. You start with a guy like, say, Randall Cunningham, whose career was cut short because of knee injuries and because he just got the hell beat out of him. Tremendous, tremendous career, but because he was the running quarterback, got beat up. Look at a guy that started out like Colin Kaepernick. Tremendous beginning to his career. Took his team to a Super Bowl and got the hell beat out of him after they figured him out, and that was the end of it for him. You look at a guy like uh, Lamar Jackson, even, for that matter. Lamar Jackson's still pretty much the offense, but he's, he, he's already had a season pretty much lost because of injury, and he's another guy. They talk about being an MVP. They talk about the ability to throw the football, but he's a guy that's doing it all. They just figure just he'll go out and run it around. He'll go out and make plays happen. He'll go out and be the guy, and he's gotten the hell beat out of him. You know, I agree with you. Justin Fields has been anything and everything to the Chicago Bears, and there's a lot of hope there. But they're going to get that guy killed. And now, I, I will say this, his first instinct, a lot of the time, is to look, run. 
He doesn't look, 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 look. He did it a little bit yesterday. I saw he, there was a couple of times he stood tall in the pocket and the pocket was around him and he was still, you know, footwork. He was bouncing around. He had good footwork in that particular sense and then ended up throwing a couple of times for a first down. And, and I was impressed the fact that he didn't just take off. That he didn't just take off. Um, and Pac fan says that guy thinks that uh, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes was a running quarterback early on, too. Yeah, he was kind of the hybrid quarterback. Yes, he was. He was a run it. He was a throw it. He could do many different things. But then they kind of realized, hey, Patrick, you're really good. Stay in the pocket. Only run and then get down. Once you start making the money, run and get down. But he started out being a running running quarterback, too. He was a guy that could do it all. Now, he liked to throw for it more often than not. Don't get me wrong. But he was a guy that didn't mind taking off and running. Absolutely. Absolutely. 877-867-1670. But I, I, the, with what, the reason Justin Fields doesn't throw the ball a whole lot is who does he have? He's got Mooney. Mooney, I think, is solid. They got Cole Komet. What is it? Uh, they picked up Equinemia St. Brown, don't forget. Chase Claypool now, who only had a couple of catches for like 10 yards yesterday. Uh, Montgomery is the other one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of weaponry, and his offensive line has not been great. So as soon as they put some more some more weapons around him, and plus their defense is just so bad, their defense doesn't do a lot of help to help him out. But but I get it. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Let's take a quick break. We're going to talk with uh, Matt Mitchell, Action Network, coming up next on the Bill Michael Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers had the weekend off after losing to the Titans 27-17 on Thursday night football. After the game, Aaron Rodgers admitted he missed some key throws to a wide-open Sammy Watkins and Alan Lazard late in the fourth quarter. Uh, I mean, I missed a couple throws for sure. What happened on that third down to Lazard? Yeah, I mean, I couldn't see exactly where the ball was. Um, had some people in my face, but I feel like I probably should hit that one. What happened on the, uh, the one to Sammy? No, I just missed the throw. I don't know. i got to go back and look at it. I feel like fundamentally I was, you know, in a good spot, but just didn't have the same type of uh, consistent grip the same way. I threw a lot of kind of wobblers tonight. Rodgers has been dealing with a thumb injury on his right hand. He suffered week five against the Giants. Since then, the Packers have gone one and six. How much has it affected his accuracy? Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. I know he's he's battling through it. He's made some really great throws and then he's missed some throws and I think that's life of a quarterback in this league. You're never going to be perfect. You look at that corner route that he threw to Cobby. Uh, that was a hell of a throw. I think there were a couple that certainly he'd like to have back. So the Packers head to Philly to play the 9-1 and Eagles on Sunday night at 4-7. and Packers wide receiver Randall Cobb was asked if he's ever been on a team that had that kind of record and still made it to the playoffs. Yeah, we were 4-6 and one year. You know, when I was in Dallas, we were fighting every week to, to get into the playoffs. Unfortunately, we didn't. You know, there's, there's a lot of things to lean on, but I, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's about finding a way to just win a game, and we're not doing that enough. That's Randall Cobb. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show.
Welcome back to the program brought to you by our friends at uh, Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig.com. They're uh, giving you opportunities to win not one but two different Chevy Tahoes right now throughout the month of uh, November. Uh, We bring in now our buddy Matt Mitchell of the Action Network. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Bill. I'm having a lovely time ready for my favorite holiday this week. Um, Thanksgiving's the favorite? Only for the fact that we've got a ton of football? (laughs) Yep, gambling and overeating and gravy, it's all the things I I care about. There you go. Hey, your Bills, uh, first of all, now, are you in Buffalo or are you just a Buffalo Bills fan? I was uh, raised in beautiful Rochester, New York, but I've lived in Milwaukee since 2010. It is my chosen home. It's so much like Rochester, New York except everyone is smiling all the time, and you can actually see the Earth's sun on a regular basis. So I, uh, Milwaukee, is, Milwaukee is my home. It's where I've lived for uh, over a decade. The, the, uh, I was looking at the pictures of how the hell are they going to unbury where the Bills play, the stadium the Bills play? Oh, my God. What did they end up with, over 70 inches of snow? <laughs> they set a record for lake effect snow, which is like Aaron Judge hitting 500 home runs to break the record. I mean, right. breaking that kind of record is a stiff, a stiff competition. But good, you know, good for them. And they'll figure it out. They got plenty of infrastructure to take care of it. And I know the uh, the fans are always willing to pitch in to uh, clear the field. Yeah, my God. Uh, but Buffalo goes on the road. They play in Detroit. Uh, Browns go on the road, and uh, the Buffalo Bills still get a win. Now, who are the big winners this weekend when it comes to uh, the betting side of things? Because I thought the Ravens were going to blow out the Panthers. I thought the Eagles were going to beat the hell out of the Colts, and I thought the Giants were going to end up beating the Lions. And, man, was I uh, was I wrong on all three occasions. Well, like we talked about last week, you know, Detroit, that, that line was fishy. And typically, if it, if it looks fishy, you go with it, and Detroit – only catching three ends up kind of showing that the Giants are a little bit over their skis right now. Um, the, the Denver Broncos continued to absolutely circle the drain. If I was Nathaniel Hackett, who I know very well as a Bills fan, he ran some of the worst offenses our team saw in the two decades that they were dreadful. Um, I, I wouldn't buy any green bananas if I was him. And, of course, the, the biggest result was Dallas absolutely taking Minnesota to the woodshed um, and just refusing to give up. So that was a uh, a pretty uh, incredible result that a lot of our team was uh, was happy to see. Uh, then you got tonight's contest, San Francisco on the road, taking on the Cardinals. Give me the lowdown there. One of the most fun parts of this handicap um, every time. Which is that? This is in Mexico, right? This is in Mexico? Yeah, these are, yeah, yeah, this is the Mexico City game, and people forget, you know, Denver is about 5,200 feet above elevation, the Mile High City. Uh, Mexico City is over 7,000. It's almost a mile and a half above sea level. The air is very thin. Defenses often get extremely gassed. Uh, it, you know, it's, uh, it's a fun game to bet the over, particularly the second half over when defenses are, are really tired. That's kind of where I'll be looking. But underdogs of a touchdown or more against the spread this season have covered a full two-thirds of the time. The best line right now is still Cardinals plus 10 and a half. That is a lot. The, the, uh, Kyle Shanahan's offense has a hard time traditionally covering as a big favorite because of their penchant for running the ball and running clock. So even without Kyler Murray at the helm, uh, I'm still bullish on the Cardinals covering and you know a double-digit spread based on how things have gone this year. It's been a pretty remarkable year. It's the best start for unders since 1991 heading into Thanksgiving. They are still 58% uh, going to the under. But favorites of seven or more, 
25 and 10 straight up, but only 12 and 23 against the spread. We're seeing favorites win overwhelmingly as they're supposed to, but failing to cover scoring is down. So it makes points become an even bigger premium. So I think uh, the Cardinals are probably my favorite. And then I would pick a peek at the under in the second half. Uh, we got three games coming up on Thursday. Bills, Lions, Patriots, Vikings, and Giants on the road taking on the Cowboys. Uh, give me real quick which one you like and why. I think, you know, maybe I'm being a homer, but I think the Bills um, had a little bit of a, a get-right situation. I think the incredible um, chaos brought them together as a team heading into uh, a holiday. I believe they're going to stick around in Detroit, which would actually make it more of a home game for them than, than the Lions who have to come back from New York. I don't mind mm-hmm. the nine and a half. The Bills by playing indoors. I think that's uh, I think that's a bet worth taking in a game that tips off you know pretty early. Matt, great stuff. Enjoy the feast, and we'll talk again real soon. Okay. Good luck, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate it, pal. There you go, Matt Mitchell. Oh boy, Uncle Mitch over on Twitter on the Action Network. You can see his stuff there. Got a lot more. The Bill Michael Show. It's coming up. This portion brought to you by our friends at Potawatomi Hotel Casino. Go to PaysBig.com. That is PaysBig. We'll be back with a lot more coming up right after this. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.